still too late Nothing in my brain That's what people say That's what people say Hello, and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. It's been a minute, and some of you may have noticed I've taken a few weeks off from the show. A lot has happened. We've endured slash enjoyed the holidays. We suffered through whatever version of New Year, New You you ascribe to, and Since we last practiced together, our president has dominated the news with innumerable injustices, including but not limited to almost starting a war with North Korea, destabilizing the Israeli-Palestinian relations, destabilizing health insurance, along with the GOP pushing through a selfish and divisive tax care plan, calling the FBI a disgrace, calling everyone bought Fox News fake news, calling countries that have been colonized by Western powers shithole countries. Plus, in the wake of Harvey Weinstein, women have galvanized behind the Me Too and Time's Up movements, bringing conversations about sexual harassment as well as institutionalized inequality into mainstream conversation in ways they haven't been, at least in my lifetime. And by the time this is published, Women's March 2.0 will have taken place in cities all around the country. Honestly, it's been a little busy. And all of this is the new normal. This is what we do now. We're horrified and we speak out. In my house, we don't even play the did you hear the latest game because what? The latest horrifying thing the president said? The latest GOP dodge and burn? The latest formerly widely respected man taken down by allegations of terrific misconduct? The latest what? Be more specific. And I've become mildly obsessed with the blog of a couple who live in an RV and travel around the country. I think it's my gypsy escape fantasy, and that's why I'm kind of all over that. So hello, Kevin and Mandy from 198 Square Feet. You are living a version of life that I am not living, and I hope it's your best life because I love it and I adore it, and I would not be my best self in a camper, even though yours is adorable. It did really kick in some apartment nesting instincts I've been having here in cold, cold New York. This brings up a couple of things I want to talk about today. One. Why self-care is necessary and way, way deeper and more complicated than you thought, and why self-care, deep and complicated as it may be, isn't nearly enough. 2018 is shaping up to be a year of activism that no one should be able to own their way out of. So why is self-care so important and why am I saying it's more complicated than you thought? Well, it's complicated because defining self-care in a new way may require dismantling your old definition of self-care. Surprise, is this not the age of dismantling old ideas? Yes. Yes, it is. Just today, I was talking to a friend and took a turn onto some wild tangent, and then I apologized for quote-unquote going off the reservation. What crap? I really, in that moment, was like, holy crap. There are words and phrases embedded in our collective linguistics that are implicitly painful in ways that a middle-class suburban European descendant never thought of before, and they keep cropping up, and we need to keep redefining the way we talk with a more conscious effort. And yes, you can call that politically correct or no fun. I am choosing to call it ahimsa, nonviolent speech. As an aside, I just googled 
the phrase going off the reservation and I saw that the podcast Code Switch did a whole episode on just this expression to which I will link in the show notes. So yes, this is the year to re-examine our assumptions, whether it's language or otherwise, and reassess in the name of Ahimsa. And this applies to self-care because in the old regime, self-care meant a cup of tea or a glass of wine or a pedicure given by immigrants who are not paid fairly. And the tea and the wine and the pedicure are not implicitly wrong. What I'm working towards here is that the idea of self-care is reliant on something external that you give yourself as some sort of reward or indulgence or treat. I'm positing it's not indulgent to take care of yourself. It is vital and it is foolish and completely normal to think that something external can fill you up and fill all the holes in your heart. I wish red wine filled the empty spaces in my soul, but it does not. So that is not self-care. Self-care, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show because, I mean, it's in the name, but self-care is not an indulgence. It is a way of building resilience. Are you giving your house a real treat when you decide to, I don't know, scrub the bathtub? When you change your oil in your car, do you think that's adorable? and indulgent? Do you Instagram yourself watering your plants with the hashtag treat yourself? Okay, maybe you do. I would ask you to question that. But none of these things are indulgent because they are necessary to make your house function and your car run and your plants live. So self-care is not adorable. It's not indulgent. There should not be guilt associated with it and there should not be harm to yourself or to anyone else associated with it because that's just counterproductive. You don't give yourself self-care as a treat. You respect yourself enough, you respect your contribution to your family, your community enough to keep yourself going in a way that is as efficient and highly functioning as possible. If you burn out, then you have nothing left to offer. That is self-care. It's simple, it's clean, it's efficient, and it's necessary. It may or may not involve bath bubbles. I don't care. Your job is to find what nourishes you in the most simple terms and on the deepest, most meaningful levels and to do those things. Now, figuring out what nourishes you That can also be complicated because you have things on the list already. Eat right, exercise more, stay in touch with friends. And we'll hit on this mostly every new year, right? I'll eat better. I'll join the gym and go. I'll make a lunch date with my best friend every week. And there's nothing wrong with those. Those could be awesome. But then February comes and you skip the gym because you're working late, ordering Chinese food on the way home and texting to reschedule lunch with your friend because you don't have time. How far we have fallen. I have had the privilege to work with a great teacher, Preeti Robin Ross, who does a wonderful exercise regarding the deeper reasons why we don't do the things we think are going to be so good for us. Exercise is simple, but the the deeper process is complicated. I'll give you an example. But if you're interested in working with her, I really recommend it. She does a twice annual retreat at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. The retreat is called Refilling Your Well, and I've had the luck and privilege to assist her in this retreat for many years. Uh, I will link to that again in the show notes. Let's say you have go to the gym or go on a long walk in nature on your list of things that would make you happy or healthy or somehow improved. 
but then you don't go. And when we ask why, the answer is usually, I don't have the time, or I'm too tired at the end of the day, or I can't get up early enough to go before work, right? That's the excuse level. But there's always something underneath that excuse, because honestly, most of us, we do have time. Not everyone, but let's ask the question. Most of us do have the time, but we spend it scrolling through Facebook or laying awake in bed dreading decisions past or future. So what's underneath that excuse? Why aren't you going really? Sometimes the answer is simple and sounds dumb. For me, for example, changing into gym clothes has been in the past some kind of barrier. It's like, that is a bridge too far. Honestly, I don't know why. I think maybe it has a little bit to do with my relationship to my own body and confronting my body on like a skin to skin level. Okay, so I guess I do know why. But but for me, the answer wasn't to say, well, that's dumb. Getting dressed isn't hard. Just do it. Because powering through something deeply psychological with just pure will and logic, that doesn't really work in the long term. It's not sustainable because our irrational psychology will always win out in the end and then we're sad. So remove that obstacle. Don't change into gym clothes. I found some movement I could do in my living room, on a yoga mat, in my pajamas, and it was sometimes yoga and sometimes core strengthening work and sometimes that little seven-minute workout app or sometimes, honestly, just dancing around. And other times it was to simply wrap myself in a coat and walk out the door. That was nourishing to me because over time I grew to enjoy movement and I wanted to do more. But even if I hadn't, and even now I slip back into that state, some movement is better than none. So why not skip your hurdle instead of trying to power through it? So it's one part of the question of what is happy and healthy making for you. The other is to question what's on your list anyway. Maybe making time to see friends every week is on your list because you adore your friends and are truly filled up by their warmth and presence. Or maybe you put that on the list because you read an article once that said having friends is good and so you're pushing yourself to do this thing and actually you're exhausted and making time to do this is just stretching you even thinner. Maybe. I don't know. That's your call. Why aren't you making those lunch plans? Is it because deep down you're worried that you won't have anything to talk about with your friend because you're not doing anything interesting and yada yada, you're not worth it? Because that's interesting. Or do you keep moving that lunch date because what would really be healthier for you is not to schedule one more thing, but to have space of an hour or two that's totally unscheduled. Only you know that. Also, and I want to point this out, good healthy self-care activities can and should include small, free, conscious moments in time. The teacher that I mentioned earlier Pre.T. Robin Ross, she keeps a running list of these little moments that her students have suggested over the years, and they're beautiful. Things like holding a warm cup of tea in my hands, waking up before everyone else and feeling peace and quiet in the house, stopping whatever I'm doing to listen to the sound of rain. These little pure conscious moments that connect us back to the right here, right now. Okay, so it is nourishing to be in a moment that connects you back to yourself, however small and seemingly insignificant that moment is. This is how self-care gets deep and personal. And because of that, it's often not as simple as reading a list of self-care life hacks or reading lists of what other people recommend. 
For some reason, we find it easier to listen to Gwyneth Paltrow or someone else than to listen to ourselves. But then we end up doing someone else's self-care, which, you know, isn't ideal. You might have to dig a little bit to find the best ways to care for yourself, but that is what will make these practices sustainable and effective for you so that you can be resilient and live a good life. Now we get to why self-care, as deep and personal and valuable as it is, is absolutely where we need to start, but not where we need to stop. Holding a cup of hot tea in my hands and listening to the rain may, in fact, connect me back to the present moment and to myself. And by having more and more moments where I can consciously connect to what is real, I will start to see, hopefully, that connection to everything, to everyone, and realize that pain and suffering of others is no different than pain and suffering in myself. The more connected we become, the more we realize that we must act to raise all people, that self-care includes others. Self-care is about nourishing yourself, but it's not about hiding away. It's not about self-indulgence, and it's not about narcissism, and that's how it can get, for some of us, a little fuzzy and complicated. We may think, owning a Range Rover will make me happier and make my life easier, but how is that impacting others? How is it impacting the earth? And if we are harming others, are we really nourishing ourselves? I don't know, maybe that's not the best example, but if I'm safe inside, holding my tea and listening to the rain, and the rest of my neighborhood is flooding, is that self-care, or is that just escapism? Lately, I think this has been coming up around the balance between staying informed and getting bogged down by the news. Sometimes it is self-care to turn off the news. I am taking care of myself if I do not go on Facebook or read Twitter for several hours at a time. But if I willfully ignore what's going on in our country, my quote-unquote self-care amounts to himsa. My ignorance becomes passive violence. And so then that becomes a difficult balance. And that's why all of this self-care needs to be reframed. It needs to be personal. It needs to be, instead of a list of resolutions, an inquiry and an action plan. Thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution as part of what I hope is nourishing self-care behavior for you. As I continue on with this show, we're coming up on one full year of this gig. I'm looking for what you want to hear more about. Do you want more breathing practices? Are you looking for a Gita discussion guide? You want to hear specifically about activism and action? Are you interested in a Q&A where listeners write in questions and I will answer them all? Talk to me. I'm interested in your feedback because I want to make this show something that is helpful and useful for you in your life because that is what is nourishing to me. You can submit your suggestions to me in a couple of ways. One, go to yogafortherevolution.org slash contact and leave me a message there or get in touch on social media. You can find me at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution. That might be the easiest social media avenue, but I'm also on Twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r and Instagram as yogafortherevolution. On Instagram, I've been promoting a few in-person workshops that I'm hosting this upcoming late winter and spring. So if you would like to take a class with me, you can. For now, I'll say thank you again. And until next time, 
keep breathing and live to fight another day.